Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book Men Alive. Paul, years ago, when we lived in Jerusalem, I heard a Bible teacher speak to an audience of Messianic Jews and Palestinian Christians on this topic, Does God Deal in Real Estate? More recently, I finished reading through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel and found an amazing number of passages relating to the earth and who owns the land. We have friends with strong feelings about land and who owns it. What did you discover from the writings of the prophets? Like we said in earlier broadcasts, we must start at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. In Psalm 24.1, David writes, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. The Apostle Paul repeats this theme in 1 Corinthians 10.26 when speaking about the believer's freedom to eat food without conscience issues. He writes, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Let's call this the first principle of land ownership. All land belongs to God. God made the earth. It is His to do with as He chooses. We did not create the land. We do not own the land. We are merely short-term guardian tenants. Once we establish and believe that God made the earth, we can appreciate the verse that says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything. The second principle of land ownership, God gives his land to whomever he chooses. King Nebuchadnezzar learned that lesson the hard way. While ruler over a vast empire, King Neb had a dream that no one could interpret. He told Daniel that in his dream, the messengers from heaven told him, The Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He, God, gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of people. Daniel was alarmed by the dream when God revealed the meaning of the dream to Daniel. He basically told King Nebuchadnezzar, God wants you to be humble and to acknowledge that it was God who had ultimately given the kingship to him and had helped King Nebuchadnezzar to establish his great kingdom. You are going to be cut off from being king for seven years and eat grass like a cow until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to whomever he chooses. And we know from Daniel's writings that 12 months later, King Neb, as you called him, Jim, was walking on his palace roof looking out across the city of Babylon and saying, Look at this great city. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled, and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and was drenched with the dew of heaven. 
He lived this way until his hair was all long like an eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven, my sanity returned, and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of the earth. No one can stop him or say to him, What do you mean by doing these things? Then Nebuchadnezzar finishes, When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisers and nobles sought me out, and I was restored as head of my kingdom, with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the King of Heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble. Our fascinating story goes even further. Years later, Nebuchadnezzar's son Belshazzar was the new king, and when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance, he drank wine from the temple goblets seized by his father. Daniel returns to the story at about the age of 80 to remind King Belshazzar, For you have proudly defied the Lord of heaven and have had these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. But you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. So God has sent his hand to write this message. This is the message that was written, Mini, mini, tico, and parson. This is what these words mean. God has numbered your days of your reign and has brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up, and your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. That very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can find all the Men Alive programs on our website, goteachglobal.com. You can also request your PDF copy of Does God Deal in Real Estate? at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Now the plot thickens. 150 years before Darius the Mede defeated Babylon, Isaiah spoke this prophecy, quote, Pay attention, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel, and I the Lord made you, and I will not forget you. I am your Redeemer and Creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. I carry out the predictions of my prophets. I will rebuild Jerusalem after the Babylonians destroy it. Cyrus is my shepherd. He will do as I say. He will command, rebuild Jerusalem, and he will say, restore the temple. Jim, that's inconceivable, humanly speaking, that a prophet like Isaiah could speak for God and name a man 150 years before he was born. Darius the Mede, also called Cyrus, from a nation that did not yet exist, Persia, and call this man his anointed one, his servant. Pablo, our home country of Canada has only existed as a modern nation for some 150 years. 
Imagine a prophet like Isaiah being at the Confederation when Canada was formed in 1867, saying to the leaders of the country, 150 years from now, the Prime Minister of Canada will be Stephen Harper from Calgary, Alberta. Wait, wait, wait. Where is Alberta? In 1867, it did not exist. And who is Stephen Harper? In 1867, neither Alberta nor Stephen Harper existed. Just like in the days of Isaiah, Persia did not exist, and Darius the Mede, called Cyrus, had not been born. God is in control of who rules and what geographical land they rule over. Paul, read a few passages from Isaiah to hear how this works. I'm reading from Isaiah 45 in the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. It's very clear. God chooses our rulers and uses them to accomplish his eternal plan. God chose Cyrus and then said to Cyrus through the prophet Isaiah, And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by my name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord, there is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know that there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I create the light, and I make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Verse 9. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their Creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, Why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, Why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and your Creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide his actions. He will restore my city, which is Jerusalem, and free my captive people without seeking a reward. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Pablo, there are two items I hear over and over in the book of Isaiah. First, the phrase, I am the Lord and there is no other. God is number one. There is no other God who made earth and created every person living on earth. Second, God, our God, El Shaddai, is the God who is in control. He says, every knee will bend to me, every tongue will declare allegiance to me. The people will declare, the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength, and all who were angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. Let me summarize these three principles. One, 
God made the earth and everything in it. He owns all the land. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It is his, not ours. Two, God formed every person in their mother's womb and gives his land to whoever he chooses. We are tenants, not owners. This land is his land. And number three, God raises up leaders and puts down leaders to accomplish his good and acceptable and perfect will. We are to pray for them, men, and accept them until such time as God changes their heart or removes them from leadership. There you have it, men. Request your digital copy of Does God Deal in Real Estate? at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.